What is it like to be in a place so dark, so deep, in such a bad hole that you see no possibility of escape? Join me, Mere Mortals, and we'll find out. Welcome, Mere Mortals, to another book review where we go over the books for those who want to transcend beyond mere mortality. Today, I have for you the book The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. This is a semi-autobiographical novel and it tells the large part of her life, but also mixed in with a little bit of fiction. I believe the term is Romana Clef, something like that. It was published in 1963, which incidentally was the year of her death by suicide at the age of 30. So it gives us a real look into what she was going through and why she actually committed the, that ultimate act of self-harm. The story is narrated by the character of Eslil Rosenberg, a.k.a. Sylvia Plath. And we follow her journey going from, I suppose, the normal, typical life of a young girl as she starts to experience depression, manic disorder, and gets institutionalized. So, essentially, the story starts with her going to this New York magazine competition, winning it and hanging out with all these friends. And it's the beginning of her slide into, I suppose, discontentedness. She, she realizes life is not all it's cracked up to be as she once thought. Following from this idyllic time, she goes back to the suburbs and begins to have a bit of a breakdown. She has a fiancé, a semi-fiancé called Buddy, and is an academically smart girl, but a series of small mishaps leads her onto this trend of an ever-increasing depression. She eventually gets institutionalized and where she receives electroconvulsive therapy, aka ECT, and has a abysmal doctor at the start, which just triggers this downward spiral even, even further. By the middle and towards the end of the book, she is in a very dark place. She starts having suicide attempts. She starts self-harming. She starts going through all of these manic depressive situations where she just has no control and basically loses all meaning in life. Her friends, her family tries to help her and she eventually gets fully institutionalized where she has a doctor who gradually gets her out of this disorder that she's in, this deep, deep depression, but it comes at a price, it comes at quite a cost and you can tell by the end of the book that although she is well, she still has a lot of a way to go until she reaches this, I suppose, normality level where she can operate in the world. Jumping onto the themes of the book, and I suppose the main core theme that runs throughout is depression. And you can sort of call this being trapped under the bell jar. Sylvia, aka Esther, has this real emotive, descriptive experience of being trapped in this jail bar of suffocating, of moving through this malaise of hopelessness and not being able to do anything about it. Sylvia Plath as an artist is known for her collected poems on what I suppose you would call is confessional poetry. So she exposed her heart, her feelings to the world and as she herself suffered from either major depressive disorder or bipolar 2 disorder, she had some extreme experiences of depression of these deep and dark states. The character in her book, Esther, really experiences some traumatic events relating to her treatment of this depression, of this disorder that she's going through. We have to remember that this was back in the time before antidepressants. So this was back when ECT was really one of the only ways to, to really help people, maybe with St. John's Wort and some alternative medicinal ways of, of treating depression. And 
abuse was just rampant throughout the system. So whether this was unintentional or intentional, it really shows throughout the book. One of the things that is really highlighted is just how little empathy she feels from other people. And it's sort of understandable in a way because this is a normal girl who she hasn't really had any real big experiences of abuse or anything going on beforehand who seems to be just slipping into this depression. And it it seems to make no sense. It's sort of like, where's the logical reasoning for why you should feel bad? You are you know, extremely blessed. What is it that's going through this way? And I think this book really exposes or highlights her feelings of not being understood and of feeling like people are judging her, which they definitely are, um, for something that she actually can't control herself. The other theme of the book that really stood out for me, and this might be a little bit of a, a weird one, is expectations. So, this is the belief of what should happen. And it's real funny because I, I would say this is a natural part of living. We all have expectations of what's going to happen in the future, what should happen here, what's going to do this or that. And it's sort of a term of, of, of long-term planning, but you can get stuck into some weird positions with it. And I would say there's two types. There's the self-imposed and then there's the external ones. The book exposes both of these sides and we'll start off with the external one. So this is the things where... Esther is feeling what should she be doing as related to the 1950s society. So obviously there's some old fashioned views with what a woman can do for a job, what a woman should dress in, how she should behave, how society should be run and her place in it. And it's a very fixed sort of monotone. This is what you've got to do. The other side of that is the self-imposed one. So we also see that Esther has some very grand ideas of what it should be like to have relations with a man, what it should be like to be academically gifted and you know where she should be heading in her life related to actions that she can control. One of the things that got me questioning was, okay, which of these is more damaging? Is it more the external pressure of society trying to force someone to conform to what they potentially don't want to be? Or is it our own limiting beliefs in a way that are forcing us to do what we think we should do. Me personally, I think it's much more important to get a hold of your internal expectations and control them rather than trying to change or force society to release its expectations of what it is like to be a man, a woman, a black person, white person, you know, insert creed, race, gender, whatever it is you want in here. I think the reason for this is, one, it's just so much more easier to change your own expectations of yourself and what you believe. And then also, it's much more bearable to live under the expectations of society if, if you've got your own mind sorted. Whereas, say it is that I am behaving exactly how society wants me to, but internally, that's not what I want. That's that's the real problem, I think, right there. On to my personal observations of the book. It's a really, really sad story because once you know a bit of the backstory of the author of actually Sylvia Plath, the story actually ends in a relatively nice way for Esther. Although one of her friends commits suicide, although she experiences some deep and dark things, you know, we get some hints that she's living an okay or at least an acceptable life. She has a baby, she has um, stability, I would say. Whereas, obviously, with the the sad tale of Sylvia Plath, 
she committed suicide at you know the age of 30 with her kids in the very next room it sort of gets to me like maybe this was a therapeutic book in a way this is a way of her trying to convince herself that life might be worth living if she can just get through this period but obviously for her this is not what happened what really jumped out at me as well was the ect electroconvulsive therapy and while reading the book i was thinking man, what a barbaric practice. They used to just shock people. They used to just do this. They had no control. What are they doing? Yet it still goes on today. And I I didn't really know this. Um, Obviously, probably today it is more, more refined. Probably they do have more safeguards in place, but there is still a line, a, a crossing point where if antidepressants don't work, this ECT, although it has some very, very negative side effects, such as the short-term memory loss, general unease, anxiety, and obviously the, the body, bodily emotions, probably it's not good to get you know electricity th- shooting through your brain if you can help it. Uh, it does help people still. So, I just found that super, super surprising and and made me go, wow, um, never knew that that was still going on. My final observation was actually related to the book itself and my opinion of it. So I was reading this book here, Andrew Solomon's The Noonday Demon, and he made a couple of references to the bell jar in it. So I decided to pick this up and sort of have another skim read of it because I had initially read this book about a year ago. And while I had giving it a much harsher rating then, After reading it now, I sort of gained a bit more of appreciation for what it was she was showing in the book and how this has actually helped me from reading her book. So in summary, there's no way of getting around it. This is a dark, depressing book. It details the descent into, I suppose, madness, hopelessness, a place of abject misery of a normal young girl, a happy girl just living her life and then with the flick of a switch, everything changes. It's an expose of sorts, so you do get a real feeling for what this is, and this is why I was saying it has helped me because it gave me a a greater understanding of just what depression is, uh, and I'm talking about real depression here, a real serious, unchangeable, unalterable, you are, you know, contemplating suicide depression, and why it might not even make sense, why it sort of just happens to some people. So that being said, It is a dark, depressing book. So initially I gave the book a four out of 10. Now I'm going to give it sort of like a five and a half, six out of 10, The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Uh, It's helpful in the sense of knowing that this is what an experience of what depression is like. And if you ever wondered what it's like, this is a prime example of it. So mere mortals, we've come to the end of another book review and I want to thank you for joining me this far. If you'd like to hear more book reviews, hit the follow button on whatever platform it is you're listening on. Or if you want to interact with us, come to our Instagram at mere mortals podcast. Other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.